Okay, hello everyone. Welcome to episode three of the Jared Brown podcast. Um, this is a bit late, this one. We did plan on getting it out about a week or so ago, but I have been a bit quiet across social media uh, and with producing this sort of stuff just based on a lot of the stuff going on with uh, the racial stuff globally, I thought in general, I didn't feel exactly right. I think posting the general uh, positive or uh, fitness stuff and almost like turning a blind eye to what was going on and almost seeming a bit ignorant about it all. So I just decided to sort of pull away a little bit and do as much learning as I could on the whole the whole situation and also try and um, provide some support to people who, you know, in my life were affected in that in that area. And with that being said, though, we do plan on touching on the topic a little bit in the future in about a week or so with someone who's well-versed in the that part of, I guess, behavior and just general social differences. So that will be an incredible guest that we get on here and hopefully it will happen in about a week or so. So, yeah, a bit of a... A slow start with episode three, but we got there in the end, two weeks late, three weeks late. Now, obviously, this episode is on returning to the gym. Gyms are returning. The world's going crazy. People are thanking their lucky stars that it's happening. We're all pumped. We're all excited for this. Now, with that, obviously, uh, for Australia, I know in Victoria, it's the 22nd of June this month. Uh, America have started to open. New Zealand did their due diligence early on with the COVID uh, scenario and they're opened already and they've gone straight into it. Australia have some restrictions, so we'll be taking our time, especially in Victoria. However, we're moving in the right direction. We're getting there. It's awesome. It's coming, guys. The time has come. Everyone's currently sticking their finger up to their home gyms that they're sick of because the new gyms, uh, sorry, the regular gyms are opening. So with that, as you could imagine, everyone is incredibly excited. We're all pumped. We don't care what we do. We just want to get back in the gym. Now, with returning to the gym, there's a few guidelines that I think we have to follow in terms of making sure we don't completely destroy ourselves, uh, destroy our bodies, and making sure that we have a smooth run back in and we don't end up in an absolute heap in, say, two or three weeks' time after we've smashed ourselves, tried to attempt some PBs that probably shouldn't have been attempted and just got to be carried away, which is, you know, pretty understandable. Like any kind of layoff from the gym, if you go away on holiday and you haven't trained, the first thing you want to do is get back and just start training, hitting PBs, getting a massive pump, you know, filling out your T-shirt if you're a guy. For the girls, uh, just getting in the gym and just moving, getting some squats in, doing all the exercises that we love to do normally. But... We have to be smart about it or else we're going to have issues. And I can almost guarantee that the first month or so, I would say probably one to three months, even four months, I think there's going to be a very high incidence of soft tissue injuries and different injuries around that sort of stuff with like soft tissue, ligament, uh, even like um, basic strains and stuff like that as well where overuse injuries have come into play. People have gone too hard, they've trained during fatigue, they've overworked themselves and as a result, everyone's injured. And I think there will be a massive spike in that in the next few months once we return to the gym. So 
A few key points to start with when returning to the gym to keep us in nice, healthy order. Point number one is don't come in trying to beat existing PP uh, PBs. So do remember, if you haven't trained much at all in the last three months, what you were lifting prior to COVID is not going to be an accurate thing to aim for right now. It's going to be completely ridiculous. It's 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 absurd to think that because not have you only lost strength, but you've also lost the skill that's required to do the the lift as well. So the more complex lifts, like with the compound lifts, like squat, dead bench, um, you know, overhead military presses, these sort of ones that are more complex, you when you were doing those exercises to start with, you had acquired a skill and you became very good at that skill. As that skill progressed and got better and more fine-tuned, you then started adding weight and got progressively stronger over time. Having a layoff from the gym, you're now missing two of the key elements that are required when lifting a weight, the skill and the movement pattern, and then also the strength to do so. So as we return to the gym, we're not aiming to beat existing PBs as it's a recipe for disaster. And you're going to be looking at things like more muscular tears, uh, strains, all these overuse injuries as well, which can cause a lot of issues in the immediate and long-term as well. Okay, so another thing is don't focus on huge volume in the first few weeks either. So what I mean by that is just limit your workouts and limit the amount of weight you're pushing. I know it's going to be hard to do that and it's almost going to be impossible to keep some people from doing that because everyone's going to be pumped and go in trying to hit PBs, lift huge weights, do two-hour sessions every day. But by if you go from not training a lot into training a lot in the first week or two and your volume goes from like little or minimal. So you're pushing say like, you know, two ton a week as an average for some person. If you go from like lifting nothing to two ton a week, within a few weeks, you're going to be burnt out. There is only so much that sleep, nutrition, uh, supplementation can do to prevent overtraining, um, and just general burnout. So with that, you want to really limit the amount of volume each week that you're doing and gradually increase the volume over time. As an example, if you were lifting, say, 100 kilos for your squat, you're you're, uh, squatting that regularly before COVID hit, I would suggest to reduce that by about 60%. It sounds absurd and crazy, but it's actually pretty on par with an accurate and a safe progressive measure from when you begin back at the gym. For example, you might drop it down to 40 kilos, so 60% drop down to 40. And with that, aim to increase by like 5 to 8% a week or 10% absolute max, but at a very slow increment um, upwards. So not like an extra 10 kilos a week for the first month because it's too much. So you might start at, say, 40% of your max, then go to 45, 50, even each fortnight increase by 5%. Just keep it minimal, keep it on the lower end because as soon as you go to the higher end, the higher the weight, the higher the chance, the higher the risk of injury, okay? Uh, one key thing you can just worry about is just get just, just get moving in the initial phase. In the first week or so, just get moving. And again, this applies more so to someone if they've just started training or sorry, they've just come back to training. If you 
trained quite regularly during COVID, okay, well then you can probably do a bit more than just get moving. However, if you're someone, which is a lot of people who I've spoken to, if you have not done much at all, the goal is just to get moving. You want to try and regain lost mobility and improve your foundational strength across all your lifts. Even just things like body weight lifts are a great um, starting point as well. Just get a feel for it. Learn. You're basically relearning motor patterns and also the skill that's required to do the weight. And like I mentioned, there's a high chance of soft tissue injuries. So listen to your body. If you feel tired and you're getting run down, just take a break. Like take a day or two rest. It's not going to kill you. You just had three months off. And from what I can see, most people are still looking quite good. Like the biggest toll seems to be more on their mental health rather than like, you know, how they're physically looking. So if you're worried about, you know, you must get back in the gym, and just train flat out for days on end. Just remember that recovery is huge. It's so important. Without it, we'd make no progress ever. It's just absolute be all and end all. Okay. So what I recommend as well for your first few weeks of training up even beyond the first few weeks in the first month or so is you want to, as we've been sitting down a lot. So during COVID isolation, everyone's just sitting down. So we're sitting down, we're watching Netflix, playing on our phones, on the computers, doing that sort of stuff. So implementing things that are around your glute and core work, okay, because we've been sitting down, a lot of our glutes, hamstrings, um, and our core region have become like less activated and also weaker as well, okay? So with that, you will also find a higher chance of having sore backs, sore hips, uh, even that as it goes down as well through the knees as well. So you want to be mindful to incorporate plenty of glute work and also core work from the get-go and I'll also supply in this in the description of this episode I'll supply some links to exercises that you can do and also some other therapists that I use and I work with and I've worked with for many years and what they suggest and also rehab specialists as well so that will help you out now also hip mobility work so even basic things like dynamic leg swings so you stand there, swing your leg through the air. You often see like um, field players doing it like footballers or soccer players and that sort of stuff and variations of that as well. It's also very helpful. And in terms of the exercises to be doing to help with the gluten core, again, I'll include this in the description below. But things like banded kettlebell squats, hip thrusts, um, supine extensions with a band, so lying down on a bench, um, the band goes around your knees, you're uh, pushing your knees outwards. I'm just trying to keep the, the terms here very simple so it doesn't, doesn't sound confusing. And that's a great way to use your glutes. I'll supply the link below. Um, with squatting, rather than jumping straight back into a barbell squat, you might do something like a kettlebell squat for the first week or so. Start light, get a feel for it, open your hips up, find your appropriate feet stance like you were doing pre-COVID. Again, this is if you weren't uh, lifting much during COVID, Okay. Um, and then once you feel comfortable, strength has been built, mobility has been regained, then you're going to go to a barbell again. Back to and, and again, easing into a barbell. So the best long-term plan that I think is building up your work capacity and volume, all right? The goal is not to destroy yourself in the first few sessions because if you do, you're going to be sore for days on end, again, if you haven't been lifting much during COVID. The goal here, and I've, I touched on this in number one, episode one, was that the goal is to stay injury-free. 
if you can stay injury free for the next six months, you're going to make so much progress. And that's something that we, we really harp on with our athletes and our clients with um, EPM is that we keep them injury free and they're always progressing. Like I touched on episode one, if you are injured, you can't progress very well, if at all. So there's a huge emphasis on keeping people injury free so that you can keep making progress constantly. So if you're 5% better each week without taking those huge risks of becoming injured, over time, you're going to have incredible progress moving forward. Um, a little bit of a different one here as well. Another tip about coming back is just remember, guys, so that was that was finishing up just there with like the main parts around training and the physical aspect is just ease into it, plenty of hip and glute work, and obviously your core as well. And like I said, I'll supply plenty of links below. And one off topic here a little bit is just is just be nice understanding of others around you in the gym because we're coming back and we've we've been living through a pandemic. Even before even as COVID hit and before it sort of shut down the gyms and all that, people were already acting very different in the gym. There was a bit of hostility. Everyone has different points of view about the, the virus. Everyone is treating it differently. Some don't care. Some don't believe in it. Some think it's a conspiracy theory. Some think that it's going to end the world. Some think that it's been manufactured by uh, a technological owner. Uh, it's, it's all these different opinions, beliefs, morals around it. So when you're in the gym environment, even when COVID's not going on, just be nice to those around you because everyone's dealing with this. Everyone is coming back into the gym. We're all keen. Everyone's motivated. We're all really excited to be back. And with that, though, people are still going to have their doubts about, you know, the the hygiene issues and people saying that gyms shouldn't be allowed to open and some are saying that it should be allowed. And, again, it's just a huge moral thing huge personal belief, um, everyone has different education, different upbringings, different dynamics in their own life that influence what they think about COVID-19 and often it'll be different to what you think. <clears throat> so be understanding, listen to people, don't be an asshole, like just don't. Um, that's pretty, you'd think it's pretty straightforward and pretty easy but people can still get a bit uh hostile in the gym environment, but just be nice. Just do the right thing. Um, in terms of the physical side, guys, if you would like a real simple starting back program template that to help you get back on track with um, your training post-COVID uh, and really make the most without getting injured or going too hard or if you question whether you're doing enough, feel free to um, email me, which I'll supply again in the bottom of the description, and we're happy to send you out a template which myself or one of our coaches will provide for you, just help you out um, in the interim. Now, in terms of question of the week, we have. A, I'm going to start doing a question of the week with people who have uh, DM me on Instagram. And this question this week was quite good. So it was from Peter and his question was, how do you motivate or convince your mind to train? You see the elite and it is as much the mental strength to get the reps and training in no matter the time or the circumstances. It's like, it's like it's a non-negotiable to train. So great question to start with. Now, with this type of question, 
I'm going to just touch on something that I've learned over the last few years and also most recently the last 12 months who through my own mentor that I, I have um, and also someone who he's worked quite closely with as well. So the person we're talking about in general is someone by the name of Dr. John Martini, who I suggest you look up. He specializes in human behavior and a range of other things as well. And it's a lot of the stuff that he produces is so easy to digest and understand that most people can understand it pretty quickly from the start. It's not like it's complicated or, you know, it can get in depth, but it seems very digestible. It's easy to understand and it can provide a lot of reason to your own life. And I learned a lot of that stuff through my mentor, who um, Hayden Wilson, and I've learned a lot through that. So in terms of this question about how do you motivate, convince your mind to train, you see the elite and it is as much the mental strength to get the reps and training in no matter the time or the circumstances, it's like it's a non-negotiable train. Everyone in their life has non-negotiables. We all do things for a certain reason and we all we all don't do things for a certain reason. Referring back to John Martini and what I'm talking about here and what I have learned, this is just information that I have learned, we all live by a set of values. Those values are ranked from high priority, high value, to low value, low priority. If someone's doing something easily in their day-to-day life and they're just constantly doing it and it seems like it's robotic, easy, um, effortless, fun for them, it's probably because it's high on their values. Ultimately, us humans are a slave to our values. And when I say that, it's not in a derogatory term. It's just a simple, we live and die by our values. Like we only will do, we, we honor and value the highest things in our life that bring us fulfillment. So it's like you can apply this to something else as well. For example, if there's someone who um, plays video games and they just do it all day long and they seem to enjoy it so much that they couldn't, like they don't have any idea of doing anything else but playing video games, it's because it's high on their values. They enjoy doing it. We only do stuff that we enjoy or it brings us fulfillment either in the moment or in the future as well, that we can see, you know, um, coming together. So with that, it's like if someone if someone seems very – humans are all very selfish in general. Like we're just selfish people. That's what, we, that's what we do. We're selfish as a creature. Now, when we do things, it's at the benefit of us. If we're doing something, it's because we're getting a return on the investment somewhere along the line of doing that activity, task, uh, participating, whatever it might be, we get a return on it. So if you like listening to this podcast, you enjoy it or for whatever reason to you, if you think it's funny, if you think it's educational, if you think it's whatever it is to you, insightful, if you think you get good training tips, if you think um, whatever it might be, but you're getting something from it in return by listening to it. Your trade-off is your time, you're listening to it, you're enjoying it. When it comes to athletes and them doing it, whether it's like a, it's like a non-negotiable because it's high on their values and I could, I, could, I could stand here and start talking about like, you know, oh, it's linked to their why and when you know your why, then you can do anything you want to do. That gets a bit long-winded. Keeping it simple and talking about values straight up is quite simple to understand and a faster way to explain it to someone. So. With an athlete, 
they probably enjoyed the sport when they were younger. They enjoyed competing. They then got drafted to a team. They then got big sponsorships, so the money is also there. There's big endorsements. But generally, they probably enjoy competing regardless because you'll find most elite athletes, unless they're like a freak in nature, started off at a young age where they were like absolute um, driven freaks with competing, with their sport. They wanted to be better than everyone else. Um, they loved winning and it was often ingrained with them from a young age. Now, on the other hand of that, people right now, just say like um, two different people, uh, people who train at a gym, you might have the gym junkie who goes five or six, seven days a week. Now, they might go because it makes them feel good. It might help relieve their mental health. It might help them look a certain way so they are perceived a certain way in social uh, social situations and they're perceived a certain way to the public. It might help them get a six-pack. It might improve their confidence, so on and so on. They might train seven days a week because they feel if they don't train seven days a week, they're going to go backwards. They're going to lose that that persona, that image. And then on the other hand, you might have a gen pop person who goes three days a week if that, and they just simply go because they know that if they go, it helps their health and it gives them a higher chance of not uh, attaining some sort of disease later on in life. So the person going three days a week goes because they sort of have to go. They don't love it, but they know that if they go three times a week, it'll keep their weight in a healthy range. It'll keep their bones strong, their general health high, keep their immunity up as well. Whereas the other person who's going seven days a week is just going because they might have more, say, mental demons. They might get um, bad anxiety. They might get depression. They might get all these things that happen from not training or if they don't train and they feel they have to go every day of the week or more than the person who goes three days a week. So, again, only because it aligns with each person's values. Ultimately, that's what they do. One more quick one to to show the other contrast or the other side of this. If you have a person who's like very, um, when I said earlier about people being very selfish, if you find someone who's very not selfish, like they give themselves to everyone. They never say no to people. They're there for their kids like too much where they, they self-sacrifice and it affects their life in other ways. You might stand there and say, hang on, how is that being selfish when they give themselves to someone else? It's because they're still getting something from that thing taking place. So if you're protecting someone, giving someone a lot of love, you might like the feeling that it gives you from being the protector, being the person giving the love, and so on and so on. We always are getting something from an exchange. It's always an exchange of something. If you're giving your time to something, you're usually getting something out of it. You go to work to get paid. You um, go and study for four years to get the degree to work in the area you want to work in. Um, you read the book to extract the information or get some entertainment out of it. But there's always an exchange and it aligns with your highest values. Always, no matter what it is, it aligns the highest values. So if you have a question that you'd like me to answer in more detail like I just did with Peter's question, send it through to me on Instagram or my email, which I'll include in the bio, uh, sorry, in the description, not the bio, in the description, and I will pick out the best question each week. Uh, I love answering in-depth questions that you know make me have to think a little bit and I like ones that... I can answer in more detail like I did, did with Peter's. So, yeah, send them through, guys. I'd love to answer them. 
And that's about it. We're wrapping up there, short and sharp today. I hope it helped. If you did enjoy the podcast, I'd love for you to please subscribe and share it with a friend if you think that they could also benefit from it as well. And if you do share it, feel free to tag me at on Instagram and that is at underscore Jared J. Brown. Um, and that's it. All right, guys, thank you so much and I'll see you for episode four. 